0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Welcome to the King's Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I'm your host, James Ham. Joining me today, I've brought in John Wilson. Who is John who? Wilson? Who is John who? Wilson? Yeah, John Wilson. Who? Of course, you've got to see John on uh, on our Facebook live shows, and he's done some TV work with us. Uh, he's a big-time Kings guy who uh, does a lot of social media on the uh, for NBC Sports on the King's side. John, what's going on, man? How are you? That was quite the introduction you gave me there, James. I appreciate that. Well, I try. It's very kind of you. I try. Uh, I was just making all of that up. Um, <laughs> I, I do nothing,
1: actually. <laughs> uh, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. And, you, you know, basketball season is just, for us, it, we're like fiends when it comes to basketball. So to get the schedule out, to actually see tangible games that the Kings are going to be playing, it's exciting, man. I. I um, I just hate the time of the year when there's no basketball going on. So this is good. It's good yeah. to see when, when they're going to play.
0: We're going to have the dog days of summer here. Uh, it, we're in the dog days of summer. That's why this the schedule getting released is actually such a big deal. Um, the podcast is a little different today, uh, except for it's kind of like what it usually is. Doug Christie is on the second half, like always. Uh, we recorded um, on Thursday before the actual schedule came out. So we did not have that discussion. So today... On Friday, we're actually going to break down some of the, the schedule's pluses and minuses. Sacramento Kings opened the season on October 17th against the Utah Jazz at home. Uh, so they're going to get to show Kings fans, number one, what their starting lineup looks like. I don't think we have any idea. But also, I think Kings fan, uh, you know, fans in general are going to get treated to one of the great up and coming young players in Donovan Mitchell, uh, Rudy Gobert. I thought you were gonna say Grayson Allen. Uh, Grayson Allen, we have to. We're gonna be on Grayson Allen trip watch. We're gonna see how long <laughs> it takes him into his NBA career to actually trip another player. Um, but also the debuts of Marvin Bagley, uh, of Harry Giles. Um, you know some new look players for the Kings: Nemanja Bjelica, uh, Yogi Ferrell. Uh, maybe another addition or two between now and the time that we get to opening night. So a buffer, De'Aaron Fox. Oh yeah, uh, a stronger uh, De'Aaron Fox. I've seen video of Buddy Hill doing all kinds of crazy workouts. All the guys are working hard. Uh, Costa Kufis, we had him on the podcast last week. Who's such a great dude. Uh, I've watched like his dunkathon. He basically just puts on a dunking show every every summer. Um, so Willie's d- been posting a lot of video, too. Yeah, Willie's been posting a lot of videos. So, so John, uh, when you look at the early season schedule, is there anything that stands out to you right away?
1: Uh, you know, we talked about this uh, off-air a little bit. Seven out of the first ten games on the road. Uh, so, for a team that's young, that's still looking to gel, still looking for their identity, to start out with over half of their first ten games on the road is going to be a little bit of a challenge for them.
0: I think so too. Uh, the Kings, of course, in that that first ten games of the season, um, you know, they've got Utah to open, New Orleans, OKC, Denver. So their their first four games are brutal. Uh, then they've got Memphis at home, Washington at home. They go back out on the road for Miami, uh, which they've only won what one time in the last twenty something years. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. That was the
1: uh, De Dunk, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Um yes. Was it that was. at home or was it it was in Miami?
1: No, it I was, was in, in Miami. Yeah, it was yeah, in Miami. I remember it was the Miami Vice Jersey night.
0: Yeah. Uh and then we have uh the Orlando Magic and the Atlanta Hawks, neither of which are supposed to uh, should be great teams this year, and and then they finish up that first ten games with the Milwaukee Bucks on the road. So that first grouping of games, um, you know, a lot of NBA coaches they talk about this, John that the road is where you really really get to know each other it's where you spend a lot more time together you're going out to dinner uh you're hanging out you're doing you know they do events on the road they go out to the movies together they go to museums together um so i'm not sure that uh playing seven of your first 10 games on the road is a bad thing
1: yeah i mean it might be good for team chemistry L- little tough, though, again, when you're uh, playing in somebody else's home, when you're trying to still find out who you are as a team. And not only that, but uh, they've got 14 back-to-backs this year, mm-hmm. down from two uh, down two from last season. They had yep. 16 last season. And two of those back-to-backs are within that first month of the season, that October stretch. So not only do you have seven of your first ten games on the road, but you also have two back-to-backs that are mixed in there as well.
0: That That's pretty tough. Uh, so some of the, the finer nuances of the schedule – uh, the Kings have one six-game road trip. They have one six-game homestand. Surprisingly, they're back to back. It's very strange how the schedule kind of works nice. out. Yeah, I think it's what uh, January seventeenth to January twenty-seventh is their is their six-game road trip, and then they come right back and they have six games at home. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of balance there. Uh, I think the one month that stands out is the opening month where it's very difficult. They only have one set of five games and seven nights. That's really late in the season. It's late March and into uh, early April. Those are the worst stretches in the NBA now. The NBA has eliminated the four games and five nights, and that's substantial. And I think that that's something that the NBA should be praised for 100%. Uh, that absolutely took a, a toll on the players, and they're hoping to kind of keep the players fresher so we don't have this whole resting and sitting out games late in the season or the massive amounts of injuries. Even last season we saw so many injuries, even though the schedule is lighter. Um, so they're trying to rein in the injuries a little bit. Um, but, John, is there anything else that stands out to you as far as like the nuances of the schedule? Well, we talked about back-to-backs. You know, you look at they have a back-to-back January 21st,
1: 22nd, from that back-to-back until the fourteenth, fifteenth of March, they have none in between there. So they go almost two months with the All-Star break mixed in as well. They almost two months in the part of the season where younger players are starting to hit a rookie wall, starting to get a little fatigue because they've never played this many games in a season before. Mm-hmm. I actually think that's clutch to to at least go nearly two months, you know, after the uh, the calendar flips without a back-to-back. I think that's going to be huge for them down the stretch, and they still have. You know four after that stretch but to get a little bit of a breather and the all-star break mixed in I think is going to be big for the young players
0: yeah I think it will be too uh, I think the one good thing about not having back-to-backs is a lot of times it you know whether you're on the road or you're at home a lot of times you can practice on those days it, it allows a team especially a young team to get back in the gym and work on, on some things last season the Kings didn't take a break. They practiced almost all the way through the year. And Dave Yeager talked about it multiple times. Like, look, I've got a really young team. All of yeah. my veterans sit out uh, and hang out on the sidelines. But for right now, there's no reason to rest these guys. They've got young legs. I'm going to run them out there. I think not having that many back-to-backs in the second half of the season is going to be a wonderful thing for a guy like Harry Giles, who's who really hasn't played very much in the last uh, three years. I uh, played 300 minutes at Duke and uh, he only played part of a game his senior year in high school, and he didn't play any games last year for the Sacramento Kings because they redshirted him. I think that's going to be really big for him. We saw during Summer League they allowed him to play in back-to-backs, but I'm not sure that you're going to see him all 82 games in a rookie season after sitting out most of three years due to knee injuries. Well,
1: Summer League was a little different because there's shorter quarters. He was only playing half the game anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, The competition is a little less. So – it's a little easier to play him in a back-to-back in summer when he hasn't played, you know, competitive
0: basketball in over a year. Yeah, no, that's that's very true, John. Uh, all right, so John, I'm gonna. Is there any games that stick out that you want to see that you're super super excited about? Uh, you know, coming into this season. I actually tweeted out a ton, uh,
1: so I wrote down several that, that interest me. But also, you know, I I don't know if I'd go full on. I'm a basketball nerd, but I'm definitely closer to basketball nerd than casual. Basketball fans. So there's okay. a lot of matchups that interest me that maybe wouldn't interest the normal person. Um, well, let's get a couple obvious ones out of the way. The TNT game. Yep. They're one big national game. Last year they had a TNT game and three ESPN games. So far, all we know of this year is the TNT game on November 29th at home against the Clippers, I think that'll be one that a lot of Kings fans have circled.
0: Yeah, that, that's an interesting game. Um, I actually, you know, opening night to me is always a special night. Yeah. And, yeah, and I, I think that that's great. I, I have circled uh, November 10th. That's the first time that LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers and a very odd, strange group of Los Angeles Lakers roll through Sacramento I'm intrigued to see what that team actually looks like in functionality with Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, Ray, uh, Rajon Rondo, uh, yeah. Michael Beasley. It's a very, very strange team. I I kind of wish they would have pulled uh, Metal World Peace out of retirement <laughs> to play on that team. I just think he makes sense.
1: Yeah, that team's, uh, that team's definitely interesting. I think their idea there, though, is that they're probably going to go after a lot of Big names next season, and so they're mm-hmm. trying to just fill out the roster with one-year contracts this year, rather than, you know, trying to, you know, trying to splurge on guys that may hold them down when they're trying to go after.
0: No, that makes it uh,
1: Kawhi Leonard next off season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you said opening night. You said the first LeBron meeting, definitely two that I had on my calendar as well. How about the uh, second game of the season at New Orleans? There's a little bit of a contract tiff right now going on between Frank Mason and Young Money, which is a former agency. Well. Lil Wayne, he is a Louisiana native, so I'm, I'm curious to see if Lil Wayne shows up to uh, New Orleans to try to collect his money.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I never know what these things, what's going on here. I, it's a jewelry squabble. I'm not even sure that I, I know that those things exist. <laughs> it's odd. It's odd. Um, but you're right, The the New Orleans. And then, you know, the fourth game of the season is at Denver. Who doesn't want to see Isaiah Thomas back with Michael Moore? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, that I, a I fantastic can't wait point. to see that. Uh, I hope Isaiah Thomas has a really, really strong season there in Denver. Uh, he's a good guy who's uh, lost a lot of money because of a hip injury. And I really do think that, you know, there was a point where you thought he was going to get a huge payday as a sort of a franchise scoring guy. And so that's one. Um, December fourth, we've got uh, the number one overall pick versus the number two overall pick, DeAndre Ayton against, of course, uh, Marvin Bagley the at Talking Stick Resort Arena, which is a very strange name. Um, I've also
1: got the twenty fourth uh, of October. That's when Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh. And uh, Marvin Bagley, Harry Giles will meet up for the first time. Okay. He's a guy who just absolutely lit up summer league. The Kings passed on him. I don't think he was going to go second anyway, but um, he's one of those guys that you look five years down the road from now, you may be saying he's the best in this in this class. Yeah,
0: he might be. I know the Kings didn't even kick the tires on him. Very, very strange set of circumstances there. I'm not sure. They didn't really look at Mo Bamba, and they didn't really look at uh, Jaron Jackson. Speaking
1: of. Another uh, one of my anticipated matchups, uh, October 30th at Magic,
0: the first time we'll see Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba. And uh, Jonathan, uh, oh, Simmons. Jonathan yeah. Isaac. Isaac. My yeah. bad. My bad. Uh, Jonathan Isaac. Um, yeah, I'm kind of intrigued to see those guys. And, you know, Aaron Gordon, I, they have a really, really long team, um, but I don't think they're going to be very good, and I don't think they really have a point guard.
1: Bomba was on my short list, though, of guys that I would have liked to see the Kings draft. Again... Second pick may have been a little high, but I think there were thoughts, at least, that there was a potential for the Kings to trade back. And had they traded back a couple spots, uh, Bamba would have been a guy that I
0: had high on my radar. That might have been the first time Bamba and Short were ever in the same sentence. <laughs> That's true. That yeah. guy's massive. Okay, so I also have circled on my uh, calendar uh, January 5th, Kings versus Warriors at Golden One Center. I think the Kings and Warriors play earlier in the season before this, but this might be the point where DeMarcus Cousins starts to work his way back into the game. I think he's going to take a while to get back on the court. Uh, I think if you could get him—you know, if the Warriors could get him healthy at the start of the year and start getting him some actual minutes— uh, I'm intrigued. I, I want to see what Demarcus Cousins looks like on the Golden State Warriors roster. Again, it's a short-term thing. I'm not really concerned about you know the optics of it. Uh, I, I you know I covered Demarcus for six and a half seasons. Uh, pulling for him to like recover and sure. and try to get that first playoff win under his belt, and maybe his first championship under his belt. Wouldn't that be interesting? Uh, that'd be something. Uh, championship boogie. So
1: do you know what the February twenty-first is? Uh, no. Which, that's when they play the Warriors again. So if uh, Boogie doesn't play on January fifth, maybe he plays on February twenty first. So circle that on your calendar. I'm going to say well.
0: if he doesn't play, uh, if he hasn't been back for a while, I don't see any way that the Warriors put him out there before the All Star break. Which I think that's the last game before the break, right? Uh, it's the first game after the break. Oh, actually. it's the first game after yeah. the break. Oh, yeah. The so first I'm, game before the break yep. is
1: at Denver, uh, February
0: thirteenth. Then they come back. February 21st at Golden State. Okay. I have March 21st circled on my calendar as well. It's the What Might Have Been game. Uh, that is the first look Sacramento Kings fans will get, I believe, at Luka Doncic. No,
1: no. Uh, December 16th He at Dallas.
0: Yeah, but that's at Dallas. I mean, this oh, is you're the saying, first oh, time. Oh, I'm sorry. You're saying Kings Sacramento. fans in Sacramento. Yeah, gotcha. this is the first time gotcha. Kings fans will actually get to see Luka Doncic. Uh, and by that point, what I like about this March 21st, you will have had a chance to see how good of a talent Marvin Bagley will will be. I mean, you'll have some sort of thought and outline of who and what he can be, hopefully. Uh, and so even if Doncic comes in and lights you up, uh, because he is a player who's played professionally for years at this point, even though he's only 19 years old, I still think that it's uh, it's tempered a little bit because if Bagley is showing – that he's a, a really, really high-end prospect, a 20-10 and 10 guy like the Kingsink that he is, um, then maybe the anxiety of that game uh, will be different. If he comes in and drops 30 on the Kings and Bagley's struggling, um, I think you're going to hear a a lot of
1: noise at that point. Yeah, you had a lot of upset fans on draft night that were hoping that they'd take Doncic. So I actually had that game circled as well, but I had it circled because of the overall stretch that it's in. Uh, the 21st... Of March the 23rd and 24th, they have a three-game stretch where they're going to see Doncic, they're going to see Aiden, and then they're going to see Lonzo LeBron in the Lakers. So, there's right. three games in a row where if you're, you know, if you're Kings fan and you're big into the draft and you're big into all these young players, you're going to get a couple good matchups of, you know, is Lonzo going to duck Fox again? Yeah. Is there uh, going to be a how's, ducking? How's yeah. Aiden versus Bagley? How's uh, how's Doncic going to look? Mm-hmm. But on the young guys train that you just mentioned with with Doncic I actually had December 16th and you know that's not a home game for the Kings but still that'll be the first time you get to see Doncic Bagley Giles those guys match up yeah and first look to see how you know how Doncic looks against the Kings
0: yeah and I'm not sure that Dallas is going to be a great team this year uh they're young they're trying to rebuild they did not get you know the big piece outside of uh DeAndre Jordan right um, I'm not sure that he's a game changer. Uh, he is in certain situations.
1: I mean, DeAndre Jordan's pretty good, and you also might have you're, for Dallas to say they're hoping that this is going to be the next step up for Dennis Smith. Yeah. So you know maybe he's a drastically improved player. I mean, he was good as a rookie, but he kind of had the deer and fox
0: rookie season where he showed flashes, but yeah. had, had ups
1: and downs. So
0: he's exciting. I, I like I like Dennis Smith. I I thought he was a, a very very high end talent there were just too many questions about him to take him number five overall when the kings were sitting there with him you know sort of uh, comparing him and fox uh but definitely an intriguing talent uh, he he's a dude that can jump out of the trim gym he's always reminded me of uh stefan marbury yeah a little bit
1: you know speaking of that dallas matchup that'll also be the first chance we get to see coach bussek as a member of the Mavs organization.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see her. She's a good and she'll lady. she'll have a baby by then, too. Yeah, she'll have a baby by then. That's awesome. Uh, life changes. She decided to uh, make a move to the Dallas Mavericks coaching staff. I'm excited to see her. She's a good lady.
1: Katie Christensen and I got to sit her down for King Central last season, and she was just incredibly gracious, uh, sweet as can be. I, I, I have a really good lasting impression of, of Jenny, so wish her all the best over there. One other game that I have circled yep. is the December 10th game at Chicago. Mainly because I want to see if Zach Levine and Jabari Parker will score in the Kings again.
0: Uh, yeah, I want to see how how many points the Kings can score against those guys. Because yeah. those guys don't like to play the defense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, they're kind of I, allergic. I
1: actually hope that's a game where they both do terrible. And a lot of Kings fans are like, oh, I'm glad we didn't sign them.
0: Yeah, I also think there's a chance that they both go for like 25. And oh, that's very possible. And sits and shakes her head like, oh, what could have been... Uh, all right, John. Well, I think that's going to do it for the front half of the podcast. Again, we'll be back in, in just a minute. We're going to have a, a little commercial break here uh, and then roll right into our interview with uh, Doug Christie. Um, good to have DC back on the pod. He's been super busy. I've been super busy. It's been tough to connect. Uh, but make sure you're tuning in to the Kings Insider podcast. Uh, we've Last week, again, we had Costa Kufas, which is an outstanding guest. Uh, this week, John, thank you so much for dropping, uh, dropping by and helping us break down the schedule. I appreciate you having me, bro. Thanks. All right. We'll be right back uh, after these messages. You are listening to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. Wendy's new Berry Burst Chicken Salad is a perfect summer meal for busy schedules. Packed with fresh strawberries, blueberries, grilled chicken, and topped with raspberry vinaigrette, it's bursting with summer flavors. Available for a limited time at participating Wendy's. Also, we're into boat safety here on the Kings Insider Podcast, so let's listen to a little Boating and Waterways conversation about boating safety this summer.
1: I can't wait to spend some quality time with my son fishing this year, teaching him about casting, how to choose baits, set the hook, and how to be safe on the water by always wearing a life jacket. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
0: Welcome back to the King's Insider Podcast brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham, and joining me in the second portion of the podcast, my good friend Doug Christie. DC, it's been a little while. What's going on?
2: Oh, man, all is well. I can't complain. Getting ready for hopefully what is an exciting season with the Sacramento Kings. But the summer is has uh, been pretty good. I can't complain. The summer's been good to you, but the Sacramento
0: Kings have been pretty quiet about what they've done, their roster moves. Uh, you know, they've added Marvin Bagley, of course, Marvin Bagley the III. Uh, they added Nemanja Bielitsa, which took me like three days to learn how to say, uh, and then Yogi Ferrell, which is really easy. So now they have a Yogi, a Bogie, a Buddy. Uh, they got a lot of, a lot of cool names to go with here. Uh, but Doug, uh, what are your initial thoughts on the additions that the Kings have done? And is it enough?
2: Um, you know what? It's really, to be honest with you, it's going to be the development of De'Aaron Fox that really kind of sets the tone for the team. So I, I think the additions are are good I, I thought that Frank Mason didn't really deliver what I wanted to see him deliver in summer league so I had said on air with Grant that you know I, I'd i like to see them bring in a point guard and say Frank go get him and pretty much that's kind of what they did with Yogi Ferro so there'll be a battle for the backup and the ability to uh, solidify the bench and make sure that if anything happens to De'Aaron, he misses games, there's there's ability to to have uh, something at the point guard position. is an interesting one because I, I went and watched some film on him, and he pretty much played the four, stretch four, but I watched some film when he was in Europe playing with Bogey, And uh, I saw ball handling ability. I saw the ability to navigate some pick and roll, so it would be interesting to see if Coach Yeager allows him the ability to handle the basketball a little bit, not necessarily bringing the ball up, but in the half court set navigating pick and rolls you know he can stretch the floor and knock down threes and you and i have talked many times that that was a, a really big need for them so he's going to have to knock down shots and it's going to be the development of the young guys when you look at a guy like um you know scow, what what is scow going to come back with this year is he going to be able to take that next because he kind of did what Frank Mason did uh, in the summer league, but he did it last year and and didn't really put it down the way you wanted to see him. And then, of course, Willie Cauley-Stein coming to a contract here, you you would really like to see the athleticism and the ability uh, paired with some consistency.
0: Yeah, see, I really do like the fact that Willie Cauley-Stein is entering a contract here. Um, Not to, you know, say he's a a guy who's out there grubbing money, uh, but I think this is one of those times where... He's a player who has uh, a pretty healthy sense of self-worth. And so Mm -hmm. for him to go out there, he's going to have to show it. He's going to have to show that he's uh, a $10 million player or a $15 million player, or if he's a $6 million player that's going to have a difficult time next summer. Um, So I think it's really interesting with Willie. And and so you bring up Bielitsa and his his ability to play uh, with the ball in his hands, to do some things. I know one of his major gripes last year, Wolves, is it was very very constrictive. It was go stand in the corner, uh, you know, do do this. Uh, we're not going to let you really go outside of the scope as a stretch four. Uh, he did play Doug. He played about half of his minutes last season as a three. Um, so I think that the Kings are going to try to steal some minutes there. But if I really look at this roster. He's a guy who can steal maybe 10 minutes a game at the three, 10 or 12 at the four and then there's a lot of other players that are fighting for minutes fighting for their NBA lives. Um, you mentioned guys like Scowl and and Willie uh, you know Harry Giles is gonna play Bagley. How do you see that that four position really that four or five I guess combo position really playing out because the Kings have a lot of versatility. they have a lot of youth. Uh, I think the older guys are going to be put on the shelf initially, um, but how do you see that playing out?
2: You know, well, if, if say if the older guys are put on the shelf, and and Costa Cupas is definitely somebody that can be a big contributor to you know a contending team and um, Zach, his, his ability, he's been awesome for these guys from the standpoint of definitely helping them along, but not in the Kings' long-term plan. So if you take into consideration that you got Marvin Bagley, you got Harry Giles, you got uh, Willie Collins, stein and Scow, and you, you kind of put Belitz in there, but he's more, in my opinion, maybe a 3-4 than a 4, uh, than, you know, that 4 player. Mm-hmm. So if, if those are your 4 guys, in Scow, harry willie and marvin bagley i mean that is youth that is the ability to step out on pick and rolls and switch i like those four guys if if they can all develop and they can come along you pair that with the ability to find time for them and and everyone you know kind of developing that is a good core of young big guys that are really athletic and versatile in my opinion
0: yeah, I agree. I think that uh, the one thing, versatility, keeps coming up. Um, Willie Cauley-Stein is a guy that can play the four or the five. Marvin Bagley, I think, right now is is more of a four, but in a really, really fast lineup. He can probably play some five. I think Harry Giles might be able to play a little bit of three, uh, but certainly the four and the five. He's strong enough to hold stronger players. I also think his lateral quickness is off the charts Scal can play the four and the five. He might even be better suited as a five, maybe even a stretch five, if you can really get him shooting the ball better. Um, I think he might be the odd man out initially. I think he's going to have to fight his way back into the rotation, Um, especially Mm -hmm. if if you consider that Bielica is going to steal probably 10 minutes. And if you take 10 minutes out of that position, those two positions, you're basically looking at 86 minutes to go between three or four guys. That's just really not a lot of minutes. Um, if you were predicting right now, Doug, uh, who would who would be your starting uh, four and five when you open the season?
2: Man, um, it, it depends on what I'm going to see from uh, Marvin Bagley, but it's probably going to be Willie Cauley Stein and Harry Giles. Marvin Bagley could get in there if Willie doesn't bring it. I mean, we could see the youth of Marvin Bagley and Harry Giles. Um, that is a definite possibility. Uh, the, 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 when you ask a question like that, the only problem is there hasn't been enough consistency in anybody to give me. You know, I've seen flashes from Scow that would say, "Man, okay." I've seen flashes from Willie that said, "Oh boy." You, but the consistency, and until even with Marvin. I mean, he's a he's a rookie, and here as a rookie as well there has to be a level of consistency because for the kings to start to take the next step we talked about this many times on our drives down to san francisco ham you have to start penciling guys in that you know on a night-to-night basis this is what i'm going to get if you give me something more that's great if you give me something less on a night you know every once in a while i can live with that but on most nights i know i'm going to get 15 points i'm going to get eight rebounds and then we start to cook with grease so to to, it, it's going to be a really open game. And to be honest with you, Ham, I kind of like the competition level. Look, if you want the minutes, get after it. That means that practices should be highly contentious. They, they should be getting after each other. And that really starts to bring people's people's game up. But if you push me to the fire, I, I would probably say um, Harry and and Willie maybe. That, that might be the way I go.
0: You know, I think it's an intriguing question because uh, Harry and Willie – if you start those two, they're probably. I mean, if Costa's in the rotation, he's still your best defensive big. Uh, but I think the next two are going to be Harry and Willie, and I think that those guys really, at the modern NBA level, they can do a lot of switching. They can do a lot of uh, good things on the defensive end. Um, I think I, I need more shot blocking for both of them. Um, but if I'm if I'm really looking at it, I I want to pair. Marvin Bagley, with a really good defensive player, because you got to mask some of his weaknesses early in his career. I think I think the perfect idea would be to start uh Willie and Harry and to bring Marvin off the bench with Costa Kufis. But now, what does that mean for other players and it's, so that's where it becomes really difficult because I would like to see Costa working and supporting a guy like Marvin. Now, if it's not Costa, then I think I've got to start Marvin with Willie because he's probably my best defensive big at this point. Although I think uh, the intensity that I see out of, out of Harry Giles as a defensive player is next level stuff. And I think he can really be a catalyst type player, a Draymond green type catalyst player for this team going forward. Um, But he hasn't played in a game and he's only played in a handful of games in like three years. And, and so you're going to need time for him to develop. You're going to need time. So I'm, I'm confused too, what they're going to do. Uh, and the other thing is I know that Dave Yeager, he's not going to help us out here. He's not going to tell us who he's going to start. We're going to walk into opening night um, and opening night. I, I, as of right now, I know who they're playing opening night, but I, I, I'm i not telling anyone who they're playing until the schedule is released. Uh, but you're going to need these guys. You're going to need these guys to figure out how to play and, and to play well. And, you know, the Kings have a, a six games, I think, in uh, in preseason, a bunch of back-to-backs, which is really odd in preseason. Um, but I think when you come out of, into opening night, I don't think we're going to know who the starting five is until maybe 15, 20 minutes before. And then that's when we really start to critique what's going to happen. And, you know, 10, 15 games into the season, we're going to have to look at it again and say, okay, what changes have to be made? Who's succeeding? Who's not? Who's advancing? Who's developing? Who's not? And, uh, I think it's going to be really intriguing, Doug. And so, yeah. I mean, as of right now, I can pencil in De'Aaron Fox as the starting point guard. Um, but outside of that, I don't know if Buddy Heald or Bogdanovich starts at the two. I don't know if Bogdanovich or Justin Jackson or someone else starts at the three. I, I think we're really confused about what the rest of this roster is. So I guess, who, if you're guessing today, Doug, what's your starting five?
2: Uh, I'm probably going to go with De'Aaron Fox, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, depending on um, the ability of Justin Jackson, it, it it may be him. It may be Iman Shumpert because you've got to have that defensive presence. There's going to have to be some defensive presence. It can't just be go out and outscore people. Um, I might go with um, with uh, and then I said Harry Giles and um Willie Colley Stein, so that that would probably be my five. I'm between Justin Jackson and Iman Shumpert right now, not knowing which one of those guys. I mean, is Iman going to be healthy? Is Justin Jackson going to start to progress on the defensive end? Because if he does, then he, he could be that guy. Could you see Bialyza if he shows the ability at the three position? Because that's kind of going to be the one that's up in the air. Uh, definitely De'Aaron's definitely bogey. Um, Willie Colley-Stein and, and uh, Harry Giles, and then that three position is just just a little iffy for me. I, I wanted to say one thing. Um, you, you mentioned uh, Marvin Bagley and the deficiency on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. To watch his progress during the season is really going to be interesting because as, we haven't talked in, in a while, but as I watch him, the, the defensive parts of his game that people might see as a weakness it's not a lot of stuff him it's it's some really fundamental easy stuff in my opinion to fix that I could anticipate coming from a high school player and that's pretty much what I'm going to call him because he only stayed in college for eight months and you can only learn so much obviously they didn't focus a lot on defense while he was there because they went from the normal man to man to a zone so now he's learned zone principles when I watch him because he can recover athletically this is some fundamental stuff so it'd be interesting to watch how they develop him on the defensive end because his the things that he's lacking it's not really that bad in my opinion
0: you know, I, I agree with you. I thought, first of all, he's got that crazy second, third, fourth jump. Like, he's he's on a pogo stick. You're watching, like, Tigger back there, uh, you know, who's yep. bouncy, 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 bouncy. I mean, he's, he's crazy. Uh, but I saw that on the defensive end as well. He was going after balls. <laughs> he was trying to block multiple shots, going up for one block. Uh, someone gets a rebound, he goes up again and tries to block it again. I think that he, there is defensive potential there. I think it's going to take a little while, uh, but I mean, a guy like Amari Stoudemire came into the league and never played defense. I, he never even tried. Right. So I don't think that's what Marvin Bagley is going to do. Especially when you got a guy like Harry Giles, who's a force. He's a force of nature playing alongside you or playing in the same, you know, in the same rotation. So you're going to see time with him. And if you can't match his intensity. The coaching staff sees that. They're going to see it right away. I worry Harry will get in foul trouble pretty quickly. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think there is some potential there to work with. And I I also point this out. When they brought Marvin Bagley in for his conversation with the team, they sat down with him, and Dave Yeager ran tape and, and asked him questions about what he was doing or if he could figure out what was happening that was going wrong. And he mm-hmm. was... He was like on it like he understood what was wrong he understood the adjustments they said well if you did this right here and he, oh okay that makes perfect sense so i do think that there's there's some potential there to pull something out of him but early in his career i want him to play with guys that can support his his issue and you know it's like if a guy really can't handle the ball that well then i'm probably not going to make him my primary ball handler i'm going to put him with two really good ball handlers to take that issue out of his hand. Uh, And and that's kind of where I I was going with that. Um, Now, Doug, just because you gave your lineup, I'm going to give my lineup, I think as of today, um, I'm going to go De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald, Bogdanovich at the three with small ball, three-guard lineup uh, with Bagley and Willie Cauley-Stein as as my starting five. And I, I think that can change dramatically. But I also think that adding a guy like Yogi Ferrell uh, gave the Kings the ability to uh, to push De'Aaron Fox to steal some minutes at the two to go with a two point guard set. Uh, Bogdanovich can move back and forth between all three of those positions. I think it gives you versatility. It gives you scoring. It gives you a big time uh, a big time shooting. And and then with Yogi coming off the bench, you also have a scorer there, a guy who can come in and actually impact the game which might take some of the pressure off of Buddy Heald. And lastly, I think what we saw from Justin Jackson at Summer League was I think he, he showed that he can score, uh, but he, he also mm-hmm. showed that he was really good as a primary scoring option. If I give him the role as a primary scoring option off the bench, maybe he can be successful and find his game at the NBA level and it will feed into his defense. It'll Maybe he'll start to be a better rebounder and – uh, maybe he'll start passing the ball better uh, and start filling up the stat sheet the way that I've been really harsh on him as a critic. Um, but I think that Bogdanovich can cover that position, um, especially if we're talking to on Shumpert or him. Um, so that, that's where I would go. W- what are you th- your thoughts on that?
2: You know, I, I like that. I, I like your – that's interesting about Justin Jackson because that's a la of Buddy Heald as opposed to starting bringing him off the bench, allow him to see the game, but also allow him to understand that you are going to get the ball to score, which might incentivize him to uh, be more aggressive on the defensive end, be more aggressive getting rebounds. And and also, if you got Buddy and Bogey out there, for instance, with De'Aaron Fox, you know, that's like six four, six five across and you pair them with some young athletic bigs, that allows for and, – and now those bigs, whether it's Willie, whether it's Harry, whether it's Marvin, can erase if they're willing to because uh, when I say erase, meaning uh, if – if you're trying to take advantage of a smaller guy like a bogey or a buddy, now you can run guys at him. They can swing at shots. They're they're athletic enough to recover. There can be some switches and things like that. So the versatility, even though that you might lack some size from time to time on the wing if if guys don't step up like a Justin and, and what have you, and if, if Belita doesn't prove that he can um, play the three always, it, it allows ability of these young athletic bigs to erase some of the mistakes that you might
0: see there it is all right well Doug it's it's been great getting uh catching back up you and I have have not been on the pod for a little while uh life is what happens uh, when you're making other plans I've said that before but it really is we've had a very very busy offseason both of us uh and I hope we get back to the basics here and it's great to have you back on the show man
2: I appreciate you, man. I look forward to it, and uh, we have to get back out on the links pretty soon, too.
0: That's right. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the King's Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week. uh, Another guest, and hopefully Doug Christie. Maybe we'll we'll do this from a golf
2: course somewhere, Doug. There you go. That sounds like a plan, buddy
0: you've been listening to the kings insider podcast brought to you by wendy's if you haven't already please visit apple podcasts or google play to subscribe and if you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review we would really appreciate it you can follow us on instagram twitter and facebook at nbcs authentic we'll be back next week with doug christie and another great guest thanks for tuning in kings fans we'll see you very soon